Betsy and Thomas here for the American Intelligence Media. Oh my gosh, did you see who just dropped by? I couldn't believe it. I looked downstairs and said, uh, holy he, moly. He looks like one of your brothers, though. He's dressed in plaid. <laughs> well, that's why I'm in plaid. Yes, I know the plaid brothers. I wish y'all could see what I could see, but maybe it's good that you don't. Okay, so you know what I want you guys... Um, You'll introduce who dropped by, but I want to know more about that Bill Priest tap. So yes. will you and your really, really smart friend talk about that? I want you to introduce our really, really, really smart friend. Well, Michael McKibben is here, and you know that we talk a lot about Michael McKibben, the CEO of Leader Technologies, um, but he also um, has an amazing timeline that everybody out there needs to see. You know, you, you hear a lot now. I just heard Jay Sekula say he's going to have to create a timeline. I want to say, dude, go see Michael McKibben's timeline. You won't have to re recreate anything. In fact, it's going to have details that you can't imagine. So we need all citizens to get armed. And the way you do is you're going to go down there to that description box and you're going to grab that link and you're going to start looking through it and you're going to see the timeline of corruption that Michael has put together. Um, and it's because of that timeline that we went to him to ask him what we didn't see, uh, Conservative Treehouse, who's done an amazing job, but we still didn't see it. We wanted to know, what is Bill Priestab's pedigree? Michael, what did you find out? Well, first of all, it's great to see you guys. Thanks for your hospitality. And um, uh, yeah, I think I first heard his name in one of your past uh, videos and had not focused on him and really didn't know anything about him. And I did read uh, what the conservative treehouse had put together, which is really fantastic stuff, uh, and then wondered if there was anything else. And so what, uh, uh, and, and Betsy, I need to correct you, that is not just my timeline. That is a collaborative effort of a lot of people uh, who uh, have put time and energy into that timeline. So it, it is definitely a community uh, thing and we've recently added um, some of your videos in as well. So, but related to Bill Priestap, the uh, uh, the question we always ask when we look at these corrupt players is what's their background? And uh, we've learned over time that the public information that these folks put out is very telling. Uh, about their background, about what they're up to, who they're associated with, and what their agenda is. And uh, it, it, so, so we've learned that all we need to first do is start gathering information about them and then let that information tell us what it wants to say. And so a lot of the information uh, certainly raised questions about his motives at the FBI and especially in counterintelligence. But one of the first things that popped out as we were looking at his background is his resume had lots of holes in it. And usually our experience is that means they're, they're hiding something. So, uh, but we don't always know what, and sometimes we can't figure out what. But in uh, Mr. Priestap's um, background, one of the interesting things is it never discloses actually where he went to university. It says he got a degree in education and in business, but the FBI biography and uh, the other published biographies never say where he went to school. So that we just put that kind of on the shelf and, and uh, didn't know what to make of it. 
and but we did start seeing that he uh, had associations with Harvard. So we started looking at the Harvard um, Crimson public publicity about him and his wife, and uh, it was. Uh, exploration of his wife's background that really took us in a new direction that had not been previously published. So um, that began to open up a whole new vista of of uh, explaining who he is and what his uh, why possible we, motives why, are. Why should we care? Who? Why, why should we even care about Bill Well, uh, wait, 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 uh, Betsy, I care. Because I get to slap myself on the back and say, you were right again, Thomas. <clears throat> Who nailed this guy before anybody else? Who said from the beginning, even when Comey was still ha when he still had a job, remember when Comey still had a job? And sa I said, and we said, that it would be the head of the counterintelligence department of the FBI who would then have his underling, his top lieutenant, who would be the fall guy, and they would use the excuse of national security not only for the Carter Page dossier, but also for the uh, George Papalopoulos Papadopoulos. No. So both of those. Comey used both of those. And so, you know, priest Comey, in his testimony before he was fired, remember, he was fired for being a bad, bad, bad person. And so Trump was right. So he said, oh, I can't answer that. I don't know. I can't tell you. Because Bill Priesthap, the head of the FBI counterintelligence, told me I couldn't. So that was the distinction between being under investigation as a prosecutor and then having it be a counterintelligence operation, Correct. Right? It wasn't an investigation. It was an operation. And right. I said from the beginning they would use national security. So Comey was parsing words as, as uh, unscrupulous attorneys typically do. Absolutely. Okay, now, boys, you can't talk over each other or the I'm listener sorry. can't hear. Sorry. <laughs> But I like doing that. And by the way, welcome, Michael, and thank you. You're going to come and do some things in the studio with us tomorrow. Uh, so It's great to be here. People will get to see your beautiful face again, and then we're going to do some audios, and we're going to talk about these things because things are popping in Washington, D.C. It's like popcorn, you know? Trump has put the heat on, and those little kernels, every once in a while, one of them just explodes, like Susan Rice exploded and pointed at Obama and said, he's the criminal. He knew all about the dossier. He and Comey. And by the way, I want to clarify something. When I told you that there was a representative from the DNC at that meeting, I was referring to Sally Yates because Sally Yates led the resistance. Hmm. And also, I want to point something else out. Mueller's investigation, every lawyer from Wilmerhale ha still has to this day, though they don't even work for the government, a top-secret security clearance, so they all have access to everything, but others don't. Hang on, hang on. That, that, that's not the way top-secret clearances work. I know, as far it's not as supposed I understand. to. They only, get a, they only get a clearance for the project they're on, right? That's what it's supposed to be. And when that be. project is over, that goes away, right? Correct. So how can they have a permanent clearance? These are the permanent fixer lawyers in Washington, D.C., so that they can handle any case at any time in any federal court, whether it be a grand jury impanelment or whatever, whether it be any attorney general office in the country, especially New York. And these people just, they stroll in and they can do whatever they want because they already have preclearances. It's kind so, of like... So what, so what authorization, what authority are they citing when they make that claim? Is this some executive order that uh, occurred in the last eight years or what? Hillary Clinton still has an active top secret clearance. So does Bill Clinton. And previous presidents can see the daily intelligence wrap-up that was first done, though it's been always been offered. It was first done by Daddy Bush. And then we know that it's going to Valerie Jarrett's 
uh, fortress, which is uh, an, an excuse for uh, Barack Obama's uh, house down the street from the White House, it's going there too. So Valerie Jarrett and the whole Obama team gets the presidential. I don't get that intelligence. I, I, as as a lay guy, I mean, I know you had a top secret clearance. What I don't get is why somebody, by virtue of the fact that they used to be a top official, can continue to get that kind of intelligence. I don't because get that. corporate intelligence runs sixty five percent of intelligence in America, and most all oh, that's federal, almost all of it. So. What I'm talking about is this is the most corrupt system that you can imagine. And then there are lawyers on top of that. And as you were talking about lawyers, it's as bad as you said and worse as we hope to continue to speak about. So Bill Priesthap, under the guise of national security, got to do whatever he wanted. He got to tell Comey, supposedly, which is a lie because Comey's his boss, you can't ask me because I'm doing a, a top secret national security investigation that... Uh, I can't tell you about because it's a black ops operation. That's a lie. And of course, just because you called it an operation instead of an investigation, that doesn't cover you either. Well, here's what we found that disqualifies them. And this is all public information. Um, What we basically found is that Bill Priestap's wife is connected with the, the deep state folks at Harvard and specifically his wife's father, who funded a program called Harvard F, Harvard X at Harvard. And it's part of this program that's, that's been implemented throughout the uh, university system called MOOC, M-O-O-C, which means Massive Open Online Course. And basically, to, to, to cut it short, it's the university version of Common Core. And as we now know, Common Core was just another attempt to federalize uh, education K through 12. Well, this does the same thing in the university, higher education. And Harvard X is one of the leading uh, offers that has been developed at Harvard to uh, basically push federal control of university um, curricula. And by creating curricula that are pushed out to the other universities for free. So again, it's, it's this lure of free. So Priestap's father-in-law is one of the chief funders of Harvard X. And the Harvard Crimson revealed just recently that uh, Facebook's former chairman and one of its largest investors, James W. Breyer, uh, is also a funder and chief promoter of Harvard X. So this ties Facebook, their relationships with the NSA, uh, their relationships to IBM, to James W. Breyer, who we know in 2004 was the chairman of the National Venture Capital Association, along with um, Gilman Louie, who is the still the CEO of CIA Incutel, and uh, uh, representatives from Fidelity, from Vanguard, from Kleiner Perkins, they're all associated together. So this ties Bill Priestap with that whole uh, agenda to basically take over and weaponize social media and, uh, and, and tie all of their operations to IBM. So what it does related to this Mueller investigation is it certainly disqualifies him from being a neutral party given the way these parties 
are so rabidly anti-Trump um, that uh, the 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 idea that they uh, are unbiased is is laughable. Now, every time you say Harvard, I think Larry Summers. Does he fit into this? Well, yeah. Um, we looked at the resume of Priestap's wife, who graduated from Harvard College, which is the undergrad portion, uh, in um, 1999. And then she got an MBA in 2005 and then was immediately propelled to a senior advisor position at the FBI uh, immediately following uh, leaving Harvard. So she got her MBA while Larry Summers was there with Mark Zuckerberg. So is Bill Priestap, does he have uh, Facebook? Was he a Facebook insider that he actually uh, cashed in like Larry Summers and all, all his gang that was there, Uri Milner and Sheryl Sandberg and the whole group that you have well, had here's all the, this here's, direct here, contact with because they were part the of the problem. group that stole your stuff. Here's the problem with, with Priestap. He's got this number three position at the FBI. Now, normally when somebody joins an agency like that, they have to go through a vetting process and a confirmation process whereby they uh, submit a written statement about their background with their resume and all of their key relationships. And they also submit a financial report. That That's common practice. Mueller did that. Comey did that. We can see those. But pre-steps is not available. Nothing about his background is available in the public record that we can find. Well, then, as you know, as you were earlier describing the kind of um, grooming of lawyers and these uh, fixers who were placed in the very, very high positions. So then it looks as if uh, Bill Priestap is the perfect example of that coming again out of Harvard. I don't know why so much evil has come out of Harvard, especially that you yourself have had to confront and your son went there. So right. you know Harvard intimately. Uh, I know Harvard intimately. And, it, you know, it, well, it's used a to, very I used odd to be, place. I used to be a fan. Uh, but given all of the uh, the negativity that we've seen and all the, uh, and I'm going to just say it, pure evil that's coming out of that university, you got to wonder what's what's going on there. Well, Larry Summers, look at if you just track and you have so well with your timeline and with all your articles, look at Larry Summers' uh, evil. He was at the he was the head of Harvard, wasn't he? Was he the chancellor? He, he was he from two, he left the White House when Bill Clinton uh, left office. Uh, Summers went immediately to be president of Harvard. And the other day, somebody asked me the question, well, um, you, we were talking about Genie Oil Company in the Golan Heights, which is the reason why Israel has captured the Golan Heights and is at war with Syria, because they have captured Syria's land. And why? Because Genie Oil is being put there. And I said, you know, that was Nathan Rothschild. And of course, it was, you know, your same old usual uh, evil characters and it was Dick Cheney, and I thought to myself, and there was one more really evil person, who was it? And I couldn't think of it, I looked it up. Who do you think it was? Larry Summers. Really? Yeah. He's always where there's evil, that guy. But anyway, going back to the story here with Bill Priestap, Priestap was obviously groomed to be either the next, uh, you know, second in charge or first in charge of the FBI, or they flop back and forth between the DOJ and the CIA if they wish to, and then they go out to, of course, you know, law firms like Wilmer Hill that's completely illegal, serving people who are enemies of America, or they go to one of their hedge funds, or they go to Lockheed Martin or Boeing, and then they go to HSBC. So these guys rotate in and out. So we're talking about McCabe, Rosenstein. We're talking about uh, Mueller and Comey. And they were the same people 
1993 who started to work with controlling encryption in America and then later right and with Highlands colluded form. with IBM and if it was up to me I would put it just in very simple words your invention was stolen by IBM which was basically has always been a monopoly uh, that was run by the government and certainly supported and 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 sanctioned and, and given money all the time and, and no bid contracts constantly. So when IBM well, if you go back, Eclipse if Group you go stole back, your stuff, to me that is where the Miller Act needs to come in and just say right there, no more patent theft. Anyway, sorry, I got right. distracted. Well, but wouldn't go, Bill Priestap, wouldn't, shouldn't he be investigating patent theft instead of creating a dossier to go after a sitting president? I'm sorry. <laughs> I told y'all not to talk over. Oh, did I do that again? Sorry. Sorry. No, I did it. I was probably waving my hands. And, yeah. you know, when you're not, you got to sit over here close, Betsy. Well, you you tend go, to control, uh, control me. You know that. When you go back and look at the history of IBM and you look at their history coming out of World War II, one of the things that's uh, come up recently by a number of our investigators is the fact that um, besides IBM providing the uh, calculating equipment that basically uh, uh, cataloged, the Jews and the Gypsies and the homosexuals and the Poles and the Russians uh, that uh, that uh, manage the camps, the death camps. Uh, most people don't realize that in addition to us bringing over German scientists to to run our space program, we brought over, um, uh, according to congressional testimony, uh, something something like a thousand German scientists that got involved with the. CIA's MK Ultra program, and also were employed by IBM. So it looks like IBM has has never really changed its stripes from its inception, and uh, so they've been injected into the whole uh, intelligence world right from day one. And so, uh, as I entered the workforce and, and began uh, doing software development in the early '90s. Uh, I started encountering IBM myself, and of course, didn't. I just thought they were another company uh, uh, out there competing for business. What I didn't realize is that they were uh, rigging the system and had the system rigged, and it was the intelligence world that basically was going to use IBM and then Microsoft uh, to basically be the platform whereby they could create this global uh, weaponized communication system. But was but, but was Bill Priestap involved in the group that sat around? That was the same group that went after you, but just a little bit earlier. John Podesta, Robert Mueller, James Comey, Rod Rosenstein, James Chandler, James Chandler, Mike Michael Kappa. Who's your guy from the? Um, I can. Um, what's the uh, Stephen Crocker? Crocker. Um, O'Neill, uh, and then and then and then we know Bill and Hillary Clinton. We have to insert them because right. of Rose, and Rose Law Firm represented all of these patents right. that then, as you say, turned into the intelligence system that turned into the back doors and the uh, and the zero day programs and the and the mechanical engine set on top of every Intel microchip processor has one that overrides it and has remote control. And as you brought out and your researchers, amazing researchers with Americans. For innovation, that you discovered the patent for the Internet of Things. Now, wasn't Bill Priestap on his perfect little path of being prepared like a pret? How do we? How do you say his last name? Barara. Pre Barara. And just like a Duval Patrick, 
These guys are simply being placed in one job after the next. They are not qualified for. They don't do a good job, but then they go on to a bigger and better job next. They are literally, uh, they are being prepared. They are groomed. Somebody already has it planned decades ahead of time. Right. I mean, what does, uh, uh, don't get me started. Anyway, these particular people are still the same people committing crimes. They're the ones committed crimes against you. Was Bill Priesthap back there? Well, let, let me let in me those uh, days? answer in the that 90s? Sh- briefly. My gut says, of course, he was. I'm thinking he but had to we, be. But we don't have the actual evidence because somebody has removed his confirmation hearing records and a lot of other records. You said yes, just wiped clean, right? As he's being prepared to being another 100 percent ethical boy scoutish Robert Mueller and James Comey, whose impeccableness is beyond impeccability. No, these are lies. This is CIA disinformation. Well, you know, the the thing that became obvious as we started uh, really digging into these relationships, especially these government uh, agency people and their relationships with the private sector and then with the, the executive branch, uh, one thing just sort of popped out to all of us kind of simultaneously is what's the definition of fascism? <laughs> the definition of fascism is basically you allow your commercial enterprises to continue to operate on a profit-making basis. You just have to do what the dictator wants. Mm-hmm. So that's this, this unholy alliance between government and commerce. And so what we started seeing is that's what we're looking at here. We're seeing IBM and we're seeing Cisco and we're seeing later Google and, and Facebook all allied with our government agencies and what they call public-private partnerships and where all of their contracts specify something called COTS, which is commercial off-the-shelf software. And so the idea makes sense. It says why build it if you can buy it? But the problem that we now see is that was the excuse, the universal excuse for the government to go to the private sector and say, well, we're just going to buy off-the-shelf IBM stuff and off-the-shelf Cisco stuff and off-the-shelf Oracle stuff because it's cheaper than us building it. And so when we bring these companies in, of course, we've got to give them top secret clearances because they're doing top secret stuff. And that's how you bring your buddies into this public-private partnership, which is the definition of fascism. And so what it really became clear is all of us guys out there trying to compete in real business, uh, we had our hands tied behind our backs because we were competing with people who were going to win. There was no question. And we didn't get that memo. We didn't get the memo that you're never going to win. But we're told that we have free enterprise and that the entrepreneurism, entrepreneurism is what we should be doing. But in fact, what I was facing was a situation where the only time these guys bring in guys like me is when they get stuck and, and their lack of creativity uh, is stumbling blocks. So they bring us in, they, 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 they make us think that uh, you know, we're going to get a good contract, but all they're really doing is sucking our brains dry. Oh, yeah, and then if, if they can't, if they can't uh, get it legally, they just steal it. Trade by sword, it was called. Imperialism of the Dutch and the British East India Company, which actually started in Germany, which actually went back to Venice because Venice and the bankers of Venice provided for the Crusades. War. 
they provided for war on both sides and they held your gold while you went to war. And if you happened mm. to die, they kept it. <laughs> so this basis then became a type of imperialism that raped the world, raped the known world. And even the Dutch East India Company was stronger than the British entire fleet. Same thing with the British East India Company, much stronger than the British themselves. As a matter of fact, the British learned from them because that type of imperialism caused the first American Revolution, right? So that type of corporate imperialism, I had never really got it until you just said it. It is just basic fascism. It's just that the oligarch, the dictator, the whoever, the, you know, the elite are on the side of corporatism right. instead of like in Russia where right. it's just a mafia. I mean, look at look at know. some of these companies. Their stock goes up every year for 25 years. <laughs> Give me a break. Oh. That only happens if it's rigged. Oh, how about Mueller's Melon Optima, which each year gets returns of what? Is it 38% or something like that? Or the one that Comey's in, what's he in, uh, Bridgewater, which also has mm -hmm. like every year, gets like every year, tw high 20% right. returns. Wait a second. That can't be possible unless you have insiders who not only are breaking the law and know the law so well they can break it or find the loophole, but listen, this has to be insider trading. So I would say all of Wilmerhale with their top secret security clearances is the worst industrial espionage. And that no doubt... The reason you have not seen Bill Priestap's name coming after you for the last 17 years, because you've seen all the rest of those criminals and people like Chandler, no one even knows, is because Bill was probably, you know, hiding under national security guys again, you know? And for all you know, he, he could have, you know, specifically right. focused on you. He could. I mean, because, you know, uh, or, or Christopher Ray. How does Christopher Ray not know that IBM... Is a monopoly. How could anyone not know Bell Labs is a, is, is a monopoly? Right, and why aren't they going at any of them? They know they're monopolies. The government has subsidized AT&T more than you would... You would be shocked if I gave you the statistics. I can't even give them to you because the statistics are so bad, you would swear I was lying, and I, can own, I, I do not have confirmed sources for them. But let's just say a good third of AT&T, Verizon... And Bell, Ma Bell, and Ma Bell broken into all the different states, Ma Bell. Well, that was just for a pension fund scam. And IBM, as you pointed out. And before it used to be Honeywell, and it was always General Electric and still is. And it was RCA in, in, in Britain, who through Serco now, called Serco, has many, many, many contracts. You wouldn't even believe someday we need to do a, a, a piece on Serco. But my point is... We have sold out America to everybody but to Americans. Right. And the people we sold them to are transnationalists. So Bill Priestap is supposed to be doing counterintelligence. Technically, the only counterintelligence he can do in the domestic United States is through a FISA warrant through Title I, where he actually identifies a spy and he did so, William Priestap, Bill Priestap. I forget, it was it W.B. or Priestap? It's, anyway, uh, they call him Bill. So Bill was certainly part and signed to get these warrants against Carter Page saying he was a, a true Russian spy working with Trump camp. What a joke. But during the same time, he had 10 spies who were working in conjunction with Vadim Mikarin through the Putin-ran 
Rosatom branch of Tenam in America, 10 spies, one of them who said she was one step away from Hillary Clinton, especially during the time she was Secretary of State. Well, Bill Priestap would have been protecting them. How come in the IG's report there are no FISA warrants that are actually requested by the FBI or the Counterintelligence Department in their last audit, which was pointed out by well, the Inspector General in, here's in the December other, here, 15, 2016. Here's the other question I have related to accountability. When the FISA court was set up, as far as I understand, the only person that this court had to report to was the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. And so my question is very simple. Where in the heck are the accountability mechanisms and why isn't anybody talking about that related to all these approvals? They failed completely their IG report, which was given in December of 2016. I've read it. It's very damnable. And it says that the FBI basically pulled no warrants. So I don't know how they pulled a warrant on Carter Page that didn't appear in that report. But later... They had to answer to the report that they were non-compliance, both in uh, 702 international FISA court warrants and in Title I domestic ones, and in all other cases, of all other forms of FISA requests for warrants. Complete non-compliance domestically and very bad internationally. What happened? They had to write a response stating what they were going to do about it. So they did. That's called the 99-page response. And that was written because they had such a bad IG report. And in there, they had they mentioned that uh, Rogers, Admiral Rogers, Mike Rogers, had requested an audit of the FISA court. And so there's an amazing story going on. This is the best espionage story ever told in history. But what I'm trying to get at is the corruption in the FISA court is so profound that, as you say, that no one questioned that. Here's what happened. Because, I didn't realize it till you just said it, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court must be corrupt to allow the FISA court to continue what it's doing and right. not intervene in what none, we've already now no seen. No accountability. None account, none. Matter of fact, it has to be slanted. So uh, we know that they're completely crooked. We know that the DOJ and the Department of Justice and the FBI, completely corrupt. We know that now John Brennan, the CIA, also another dossier, completely corrupt. So what does Trump do? He writes that executive order that declares a national emergency for all these freaking criminals. Right. And says he's going after them. Brilliant. And I believe he's using U.S. Marshals and the, and the Treasury Department, the, uh, the U.S. Um, Intelligence Analysis Department of the Treasury, which I've said from the beginning, and that's what he is doing. He's freezing funds and stealing funds of criminals to manipulate them to either go along with the rule of law or just get out, or he's going to close down even more. He'll simply take your offshore funds and then all the career politicians in major positions in, in D.C. will leave because as soon as they grab their offshore funds, you're going to watch politics crumble. Well, you know, we've, we've, brought, we've brought up a number of issues here. And one of the things that we have tried to do in looking at how do we fix uh, our, our issue related to the theft of our technology, but also look at how do we, how do we restore a republic, is we've realized that, you know, the whole system of the law system in our country is completely corrupt. And as an engineer, whenever you build a building, if you have a bad foundation, you might as well just tear the building down because it's not worth anything. You can't fix a building with a bad foundation. 
Uh, so that issue aside, I think that there's some major changes we need to make in the way our law works in this country, in the way we interpret the Constitution. But besides that, one of the, the, the brilliant mechanisms that the founders had was the idea that we have to have a free press that will hold the, the um, powerful accountable. That has obviously been bought out. The, the, the same Nazi um, fascist corporatists have, have bought the mainstream media. So they're, they're a propaganda mouthpiece. They're not holding anybody accountable. So we need to see a new, robust, free press develop in this country. So what we looked at is how could we use the money that's owed us uh, from the 17 years of free use of our technology uh, which has now been proven to uh, be the Internet of Things, which has been weaponized. How do, we, how do we turn that around and, as you say, raise our level of consciousness and stop with this weaponization of all of human creativity in this country, raise to a new level where we're actually uh, promoting goodness, uh, and at the same time implement a free press where the powerful truly are held accountable um, and so what we've what we've written is something called the Miller Act, uh, the Miller Act request, and and basically the Miller Act is a mechanism that was passed by Congress to allow contractors who have supplied value to the government to get paid when they haven't been paid, and our number is well into the multiple trillions of dollars when you actually look at the damages that have been done to us. We're willing to take that cash and pump that back into developing a truly free press that would then give us some accountability mechanisms that could heal um, uh, or at least could expose uh, when human beings are uh, ha have the tendency to, to be corrupt and can help right this ship. And so that's one of the things that I want to talk with you guys about more tomorrow. Well, I think you're quite right. Citizen journalism and investigative journalism has fallen to the alternative news media. So what we have here is, you know, a guy like a Bill Priestap who can completely avoid anybody investigating or knowing anything about him. He's just a spook who ends up taking over an agency and they say that he's just this, you know, wonderful Boy Scout. So what we see is we need to do exactly what you said. We need to disrupt the monopolies, the really the racketeering that went on with IBM and social networking and turned that all the way around. And we're gonna have a video, I think, tomorrow on that where we're gonna talk about the Miller Act and how that relates to leader technologies. But with what we're talking about today with Bill Priestap, well, I think it's just an amazing example, a perfect example of the necessity that we have right now to transform what we have as these monopolies and have been supported by tax dollars uh, that have been weaponized and we need to turn those into what you intended to have, which was a social networking where information was free and where information liberated us.